Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it though. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grindin' shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And the guest for this episode is voice actress and comedian Zara Fuzzle. Known for various voicing roles such as Nadia in Voltron Legendary Defender, Halo in Young Justice Outsiders, Jupiter in Resolute Spaceship in the Netflix original Lost in Space, Mara in She-Ra, and Pocahontas and Boudicca in Adam Ruins Everything, along with voicing on video games like Call of Duty, Apex Legends, and Borderlands. Recorded at the Grand Rapids Comic Con, we talked about life as a Muslim American Pakistani woman and what type of story she would like to see being told on TV and film, and how she got into the entertainment business, the animation fandom, uh, the allies in the entertainment business, and how she connected with her various acting roles. And right now, if you go over to her Instagram account at Instagram.com slash Fuzzle, and it'll be linked in the show notes for this episode, she has given away a Young Justice Outsiders Blu-ray for the complete season three uh, in celebration of the one year since uh, it started airing on DC Universe. So uh, go over to her Instagram account and see how you can enter to win that uh, Blu-ray. It was great talking with her. So let's get into this interview with Fuzzle. After a word from our sponsor. All right, cool. Here at the Grand Rapids Comic Con, uh, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Zara Fuzzle here at Grand Rapids Comic Con. I'm an actor, and I'm here to promote Young Justice Outsiders, where I play Halo and a few other characters. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for uh, you know taking the time out to chat with me. What's cool is. Um, 
My my best friend, she's a uh, a Pakistani American Muslim Shut woman. Shut up! Amazing. And when I when I told her, I was like, "Yo, check out this woman that I'm uh, I'm interviewing at the Comic Con." I uh, sent her all your information, and she was like, "Oh my God!" She's like, like, she was like, "I'm so like." She started um, looking at everything, and she's like, like. She's so happy that someone like you oh. is able to do the things that you're doing. That means so much. Because when she was growing up, there wasn't any representation for, for her totally type of people. Same. She said, like, the only thing there was was Aladdin, and that was terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Aladdin. Yeah, what's your friend's name? Her name's Sana. Sana. Oh, Sana. Shout out to Sana. Thank you so much. I know I'm so excited to be a part of, you know, this increasing dedication uh, you know, in television and media to portray Muslims and, um, you know, people from our part of the world in, in, in positive lights and to tell great stories and, you know, in ways that we didn't see when we were growing up. So it's exciting. You're entering this, this culture, this fandom that at one time was just all just dudes and white men <laughs> and stuff like that. How were you able to sort of break into all of this? Totally. You know, what was your, your sort of start and what did you have to face, the obstacles that you had to face, and how did you sort of get around all that? Well, when I was a kid growing up, I loved comics and cartoons. So I kind of grew up in nerd culture, in geek culture with all those dudes. Yeah. Um, I was a huge fan of like the Disney Afternoon and I, uh, you know, began to notice that certain actors in the credits would play multiple characters. And it didn't occur to me at that time as a kid that I could do that. But I thought, wow, how cool is that? You have all these amazing storytellers telling these, these stories. Um, I particularly became obsessed with the Disney show Gargoyles, okay. um, which Greg Wiseman, who's one of the showrunners of Young Justice, created Gargoyles right. um, back in 1994. And so I ended up going to a Gargoyles convention when I was a teenager, and that's where I met Greg and for the first time, and he uh, was so supportive and encouraging um, and kind of gave me hope that I might be able to work one day in the animation industry. And so it's kind of cool, full circle, all this time later to be working together on Young Justice. During your career, you've been able to voice characters that are very represent representational of your background, totally. you know, like how are, how are you able to, you know, get to that point and what do you f feel like happened to where those characters were being included yeah. into the shows, you know? Um, well, as with anything, I, so I moved out to LA about seven, eight years ago specifically to work in animation, video games and on camera, on camera on TV. And it's been a really good time in Hollywood uh, there are more, more and more creators are dedicated to telling stories from all these different points of view. And so being an actor of color, you know, being of South Asian descent, it's, I've come to mind when people are casting parts of those particular ethnic, ethnic groups, in addition to other parts. I yeah. audition for everything. Right. Um, doesn't matter what the race uh, is. And I've been very fortunate you know, to have the network of, of colleagues I do in LA who we all think of each other for things. So, you know, if there's an amazing breakdown for an African-American character, I'll be like, oh yeah, Zeno Robinson, my colleague on Young Justice, you gotta audition for that. You yeah. gotta listen to him, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, 
I've been able to get some of my roles through referrals from other actors. Like I play this character Amara in Borderlands 3 and she is this badass yeah. Indian siren character who's um, got like eight biceps and is amazing. <laughs> and um, what was really cool about that was the creators of the game, the writers were really open to me putting in words, phrases in Hindi um, that would match the character's uh, feeling to like give it more authenticity. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just been so cool and people seem really open and receptive to collaborating and um, hearing uh, the perspective from different backgrounds. And I feel like it's a good time. I've kind of lucked into... Uh, I feel like I've come into the... <laughs> holding. I feel super fortunate. I feel like I've come into the industry at a great time when doors are opening for all kinds of people. You you talked about getting jobs through referrals. You know, how important is sort of having a stable community of other, you know, creators and voice actors and everything? It's everything. Yeah. Like, um, you know, like anything, it's a relationship business. And the people who are your colleagues often become your friends, especially those of us who work in voiceover for animation. We're all so passionate about what we do. Yeah. And we're all like actors, actors, actors <laughs> who just love acting and love hearing other people do their work. And so it, it just organically grows. And it's, it's so important to feel, sometimes it can feel a little competitive. Yeah. But I found in my experience, more often than not, it's super supportive. Because let's say you and your friend are both going out for the same part. If you don't get it, at least your friend got it. And that's, that's a source of joy. Right. Always, always. Yeah. Like back in the day, like that sort of referral or was like need to know sort of thing was sort of kept between a certain type of pe people, you know, men, sure. white men and stuff. Sure, a insular maybe. Insular. Yeah. What, you know, what do you think changed and how did it change where different people, uh, you know, different sexes, different people yeah. of color, yeah. you know, gender identity, sexuality, can are able to exist in that network? I think there have always been allies within that network of white men who have actively been trying to bring other people to the table. We don't hear a ton about that in the media right. and publicity because, you know, the angry voices are loudest, get the yeah. most attention. But there's been so many amazing people, certainly throughout my career, you know, Greg Wiseman's one of them, of people who are have been dedicated, before it was fashionable to do so, have yeah. been dedicated to bring women to the table and different you know orientations and gender identities and you know and trying and different ethnicities and trying to really let different people tell the story from their perspective um, and I think that those trailblazers have been here all along but now that it's it's 2019 it's reached a point where you got to do it or you're not going to survive very long just as a storyteller yeah. to tell good stories people don't want the same thing over and over people want i think i think our culture has shifted in america where people are thirsty for authentic different viewpoints yeah stuff from everywhere you know we're, yeah. we're you know we're seeing all these different things everywhere you know due to the internet and due to streaming services yeah. and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, all this other stuff around the world is 
really damn cool. Yeah, and it resonates with you, right? Like, you don't need to be a certain ethnic group to watch another ethnic group's story and feel all the emotions and empathy. Um, And so I am excited that the entertainment industry is more reflecting the world around us. You mentioned earlier about, you know, being able to, like, add some authenticity to, you know, the part you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, how often are you, you know, when you're going into these jobs, doing doing a, a voice acting job where you are able to put some input, you see something that, you know, maybe could be done better, more authentic to yeah. you, to the culture. How often are you able, or how, how much freedom do you have with that? It really, de- that's a great question. It really depends on the project. Um, and, you know, the longer you're working with someone, the more comfortable you might be able to say, you know, let's say you come across a line that doesn't feel right. If you've been working, if you have a good working relationship with that colleague or that group of storytellers, you can be like, hey, just so you know, you might want to consider this. Um, other times, you're just in and out so fast, <laughs> and you might not know. I, I'm very thankful, knock on wood, that I haven't yet encountered a situation where I felt like I couldn't speak up. And I haven't encountered things that were super objectionable. Or you look back and be like, why did I do that? I mean, that, uh, that's inevitable, right? I look right. at stuff I did two weeks ago and I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> like, that was a little... Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, also yeah. as the actor, I think the important thing for fans to, to know is we only see a tiny slice of the pie. Um, we don't know, especially in animation, we don't know what the final graphics are going to look like. Yeah. We don't the music and the other actors. We don't know. We don't see the whole picture. We just see our little slice of it. And so we just try to honor that slice as best we can um, and rely on the writers and directors to, to carry, to pull everything together. Yeah, talk more about, like, as a voice actor, like, the, the experience of that, you know, like, yeah. like how much, like how much time is that, you know, that you're actually doing it? And cause you said it's like yes. a, a tiny piece of that. Like, yeah. what is it, that experience? Well, like? I'll walk you through, for example, for Young Justice, we started recording season three, the one that just aired on DC Universe. We started recording that in the summer of 2017. Um, we would record pretty much a new episode every week or every other week. And then we didn't wrap up with recording until February or March of 2018. So it took about a year and a half altogether to do those 20, what was it, 26 episodes. Um, So, you know, you go in every week recording and then once the thing has been recorded it goes to the storyboard artists who use the recording as a reference to draw out to plot out the episode visually and that takes a whole nother time of process that I'm not privy to understanding (laughs) so from the time I first recorded for Young Justice to the time it finally aired was nearly two years a little less than two years is the script pretty much set in stone by the time you get it? Yes. And that's the thing about animation that I feel like a lot of fans don't understand. These things are plotted out years before you ever see it. And they, they there's not much room for change in yeah. the process because... There's the script, so many steps. There's so like. many steps. The thing has to be shipped overseas to be animated and then come <laughs> right. back and then corrections. Like, you can't make huge, huge story edits uh, very quickly in animation. <laughs> so it's almost like, I compare it to, like, you see the light from stars. Those stars, that light you're seeing is, like, 
thousands of years old, but you're just now seeing it. They might not even exist anymore. They know they might be dead. Yeah. <laughs> I might be dead by the time uh, the next season of Young Justice comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Talk more about your experience with uh, Young Justice. Oh my gosh. It was awesome like to be welcomed into the young justice family both like the creative side and the fans like because the fans were directly responsible for bringing the show back it had been canceled um in 2013 i believe and was off the air for almost seven years uh and it was a direct the reason we were able to come back was a direct result of fans campaigning on Twitter and social media, international fans, uh, as well as fans here in the U.S. And so when it was announced that I would be involved in Young Justice, I just remember the, the love I got from fans all over on Twitter. <laughs> and it was like, wow, I feel like I've really stepped into this warm, loving yes. family. And I just admire uh, the other actors on the show so much. Like, these people are all top of their game, um, both in animation and on-camera world. So it's just, it's, it's such a treat to sit in a room and be bathed in the talent of all these icons. <laughs> Where do you feel like the fandom behind someone like you portraying, you know, you're yeah. the voice of it. Yeah. But the look of it is animation. Yeah. What's the connection there with with the fans? You know, where does that yeah. fandom, where, why does that exist? It's it's interesting. I'm still figuring it out because I'm kind of new to the convention circuit and new to social media interaction with fans. But what I've noticed is uh, some people, some people like call me Halo in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my name is Zara, but that's okay. You can call me Halo. It's fine. Um, there's kind of this. I think the biggest thing is there's this expectation that I know what's going on behind the scenes or yeah. know, the writing process or the animation process. Like, the actors really are the last to know. <laughs> right. You know, I didn't see any of those episodes until they aired, so I was watching it right along with you, yeah. like, how everything turned out. And I think there's this sort of... Sometimes I feel there's this expectation, especially if there's something controversial. We had a few episodes this season that had kind of mixed fan reactions. Um, I think they expect me to comment on it. And it, it can be tough because yeah. I've signed non-disclosure agreements. Anything I say in, you know, can, be count, can be read into as a spoiler. Yeah. I might have knowledge of something that the audience does not have knowledge yet of, but I can't talk about it. Right. Uh, so it sometimes frustrates me that I can't express all of my opinions or thoughts about something, about a character that I play. But I, I would just ask people to know that I have thoughts <laughs> and to just trust the writers, you know, trust the creators, trust that we're all trying to make the best show we can and we're trying to do the best we can. Um, right. Yeah, I know. In, like, WWE wrestling, the one the. the the announcers, uh, Mauro Ranello. Anytime uh, somebody asks him a question, he just answers, yes. <laughs> no matter the question, yeah. yes. <laughs> Wait, let's practice. Ask me a question. So, um, how, you know, what's the, how's the season finale of Young Justice going to, what's going to happen in season finale? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what other, what other things um, have you been working on these days? Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, 
so I'm on She-Ra and the Princesses of Power on Netflix. Yeah. And do you watch it? I, I started watching it. Oh, I still cool. got to like, continue on it. I really love it. That was another it. thing that my best friend was very uh, happy about. She's like, oh. she was on She-Ra. Yes. <laughs> yes. So no spoilers, but I play a character named Mara, who is kind of an important character in the lore of the She-Ra universe. And uh, our, our fourth season just dropped on Netflix a few days ago. And um, there's an episode about Mara that I'm so excited with how it turned out. And I really loved playing that character and um, just being a part of that show. So that's cool. I uh, am in the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which was just released, which was so much fun. That was almost like filming a movie because it was all motion. Oh, sorry. It was almost like filming a movie because it was all motion capture. Okay. We were in the mocap suits with the dots on our face. And they were, you know, tracking all of our our movements 360 degrees around a room oh crazy crazy yeah, it was really fun you know I, I was I was you know watching all your uh, your reels on your website oh. and I can see that you know you have such a, a variety of things that you've played you know different voices you know how do you you know how do you go about you know developing the voice for the character or if you're doing a commercial or yeah. doing some sort of voiceover <laughs> in a movie and stuff like that you know what's the sort of methodology behind all of that that's a great question um this is what i like in my process too i'm a singer and so i can sing something in the style of opera i can sing something in the style of jazz i can sing something in the style of musical theater um it, it's kind of similar in voiceover. If I know I'm doing a commercial, the acting is the same. The underpinning of it is, is, is the same. The authenticity, the groundedness, the realness. But the style in which I sing it, quote unquote, changes my approach. Yeah. So uh, it's like... For commercials, I love I love doing commercials, honestly, because often, like, the trend now in commercials is your natural voice, conversational, real, don't have to put anything on. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're doing a major car spot, and cars, cars, cars. <laughs> but, but it's just, it's so relaxed and natural. Yeah. I love it. Um, animation, too, is moving more and more. Certainly shows like Young Justice, the acting is more cinematic, natural. Yeah. Um, and it, but if I'm auditioning for a show on like Nickelodeon where it gets a little zanier and a little higher energy, <laughs> like it's just it's like singing in the style of whatever that genre is. It's kind of how I approach it. Yeah, and I like that. Like, there's been a few times when you have uh, a character that really resonates to your background that yeah. you, you know you, you do an accent that kind of goes with it. Yeah. You know, um, how important is it to make sure that is you know right? You know, when, yeah. when you, you have like a, you know. A, you know a very diverse background and even when you're talking it's a you know it's a very uh you know vibrant <laughs> thanks like, kelly vibrant uh you know voice you know but uh you know there's not like a heavy accent or anything no because i'm from indiana so yeah you got the midwest i got the midwest of, yeah yeah um i mean my favorite is when i i use my natural voice natural accent i when I am called upon to do an accent, there are some I'm very comfortable with. And then there are others that um, I love doing accents from fictional countries. 
or <laughs> fictional planets because it's something you create collectively with everyone. Like, okay, what is this going to sound like? Like for Halo, for instance, Halo has a Karaki accent. Karak is a fictional Middle Eastern country. So I based her accent on what had kind of been established previously in the show with Karaki characters and also just kind of a generic Middle Eastern sound. Um, you know, it's it's so great when you can really dial in and get authentic when you're called upon, like, especially for on-camera work. I feel like that's super necessary. But it's also really fun when you're working in fictional contexts to, to then really create something that's your own signature sound. Yeah. Going back to, you know, something that I mentioned at the top of this interview about about my best friend just like being very excited <laughs> to see so you know see someone like you doing all this sort of work you know when she didn't see uh, you know that sort of representation when growing up like what do you hope you know can happen or what do you what would you like what advice would you like to put out there what's your hopes that you would like in regards yeah. to you know girls of all different sorts of looks and religions and different races or whatever to you know and especially muslim women like to you know go about being in these roles we have to write our own stories i think that's the way forward i think that's the next step it's great to have diverse representation in the actors but ultimately we need diversity across the board in terms of studio executives, yeah. uh, producers, showrunners, writers, in animation, animators, storyboard artists. Like, and I think the way to move forward is to really empower and encourage young people to start telling their own stories, writing down, and knowing that their voice is not only valid, it's absolutely necessary for the survival of the arts. Yeah. Uh, so I would encourage, you know, anyone, especially if you're feeling discouraged about the state of things, write something, make something yourself. If you see something you don't like in terms of the way representation is being done or stereotypes, then you frickin' write the next thing that is going to continue to open the door for people. Right. Um, I think that's the only way forward. I really do. You know, as a Muslim woman, like, what sort of stories do you hope you get to see in the future? I, you know, I love that there's so much representation with Muslim women wearing the headscarf on TV. I feel like that's a big thing about visibility because you look at someone wearing a headscarf and you think, ah, that person's a Muslim. I think that's great. However, I think the next step is for people to know that there are Muslims who look like me who do not wear the headscarf in yeah. life. And I would love to see more representations of Muslims and particularly Muslim women who you wouldn't be able to tell they're Muslim by looking at them. Yeah, yeah. And to have it be integrated into the story more where the religion isn't necessarily part of the story, but it just is. I think with a lot of things, it's like... People think there's supposed to be a uniform yeah. for, for things, right. you know. If you're this religion or race or, you know, sexuality or anything, like, you should, there should be a uniform. Right. There should be something. And there's people who like to they embrace that, you yeah. know, and they feel comfort in that. Yeah. But then there's people that just want to 
be comfortable or just yeah. they, they have a, a look that they want to go with right. but it doesn't make them any less Thank anything you. you know? it doesn't make them any less exactly exactly and you can wear uh, my whole life I've always been about wearing multiple labels like two things might you might you know like how can you be Muslim and also eat pork right <laughs> I do both of those things and I'm no less a Muslim even though I occasionally will eat pork. And some people might disagree with me, but I think that uh, the strict adherence to I am this and therefore I do this, I think that's ultimately really damaging and like not realistic in this multifaceted world. <laughs> right. Like you can have so many experiences as a human being on this planet and you can wear multiple labels that might seem to contradict each other, but it, that's okay. That doesn't make you any less any one of those labels. What, what's the part of being a Muslim woman woman that you do embrace? What's the part of it all that you really take to heart? Growing up, my father always kind of impressed upon us that being a Muslim was all about believing in one God, one God, monotheistic kind of a belief. And what I find is there is a great peace and comfort in surrendering my fear to a power that is higher than me higher than myself. And I feel like you find that thread in so in basically all the religions of the world. Yeah. There's this idea of the surrendering of the self and trust in the higher. Yeah. Whatever that higher is. And so <laughs> And so for me, that's what I find most comforting about Islam. Uh, and I also feel like there's this great sense of community, just like every religion fosters a sense of community and um, camaraderie and helping people like uniting together to do good in the world for other humans that is a huge facet of Islam that I, I actively participate and take comfort in well beautifully beautifully said thank you <laughs> alright it's been great talking with you uh, where can people go online to get more information about what you're up to and uh, promote some stuff you know yeah. promote whatever you want um, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. My handle for both is at Zara Fuzzle. I'm really active on both those platforms. And yeah, I love to I love to chat with people online. So tweet at me, tag me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's been great talking with you. I've, you too, Kelly. I, I totally have a friend crush on you now. Oh. Like, I want like I want to be your friend. Let's be friends. We're Let's, friends. We're friends. Done. All yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're you're about to start, you know, signing soon, you know. So yeah. I'll let you, uh, you know, continue to get set up. Totally. Thank you right, so thanks. much, Kelly. Hey, yo! Thank you for listening to this episode of Fresh is the Word, hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Fraser, empowered by Anchor at Anchor.fm/Fresh is the Word. Intro theme music by Foulmouth, Shimmy Bango, and Knox Money, and outro music by House Shoes. Fresh of the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash fresh of the word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fresh of the word. For more information about Fresh of the Word, and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night.
Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.